at all Midland. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Whistling inside with a two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. And when they win, not if. When they win. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. What a day it is. Monday, Monday, Monday. Not only is it Victory Monday, it is National championship Monday. I had a hard time going to bed last night, honestly. And a lot of people can make fun of that. You know, you can laugh. Oh, why do you let 53 guys or however many are on a a college roster? Why do you let them determine your mood on a week to week basis? Well, for as many people out there that think that's crazy, I know there's twice as many people, if not more that can relate to that. And that's why I do this job because sports bring people together. And and this kind of game, this kind of moment that Michigan is playing for tonight, a national title, a championship. Those aren't easy to come by. For a large, I don't want to say majority, but there is a good portion of this audience that has never had a chance to watch their team play for something like this. Really the only thing you can compare it to, or or the only thing that comes to mind is the Red Wings titles of the last 25 years. It's been 27 years since Michigan has brought home a national championship. And for the first time in 27 years, tonight they have the opportunity to do so against the Washington Huskies. We welcome you into the payoff. I'm Ben Bosher here on 100.9 The Myth. This is going to be a fun, intense, exciting, maybe a little nerve-wracking hour. Uh, because it, it leads you right up into 7 o'clock. 7.30 is the scheduled time for that the national championship game, probably going to be closer to 7.45. And then you get to watch what might be the most anticipated, the most exciting, the biggest sporting event in Michigan, recent Michigan sports history. That is until Sunday night when the Lions take on the Rams in Matthew Stafford's return. More on that later, though. I wanted to start the show with, we're, we're going to get into the previews. We're going to get into the key matchups, the key components, bets. But it would it'd be a shame if I didn't touch on the Jim Harbaugh stuff. Because in the last 24 hours, the talks have intensified. It's been heating up. It's been... Months and months of, well, is he going to go back to the NFL? Who knows? It's impossible to guess. Well, the week leading up to the national championship, things have started to change a little bit. And since this morning, things have changed a lot. Um, Listen, I'm not a reporter. I don't have any insight. But what I can do is not only give you my opinion on things, but change how you view it. Because what we've seen through the last few months is, well, There's talks. What we've seen really through the last few years is, well, there's conversations. He has some interest if the NFL were to want him. Now we wake up this morning and Jordan Schultz reports Raiders, Chargers, Commanders, potentially other teams as well, all extremely interested in Jim Harbaugh, who plans 
to leave the NFL or leave Michigan and return to the NFL. That's the big difference right there. And Jordan Schultz, very reliable reporter, breaks a lot of news, says Harbaugh has made it very clear internally. He's going back to the NFL. Well, this is a lot different than the last few years because in the last few years it was, well, does Jim Harbaugh even have a job offer? You guys remember when Minnesota was so close to hiring Jim Harbaugh? Yep, they went with someone else. I don't know if there was a market for Jim Harbaugh until this year when Michigan's program, despite that little scandal, makes it this far. Say what you want about Jim Harbaugh. He's a damn good football coach everywhere he goes. He's had 20 seasons as a head coach between college and the NFL, and only three of them are losing seasons, and that includes the COVID year. So if you want to take that year away, 19 years, and only two of those were losing seasons. He is 146 and 52 in college, 49, 22, and one in the NFL. So if you think he didn't thrive there in his four years in San Francisco, you'd be mistaken. Harbaugh is wanted, demanded back in the NFL, not by one team. There's not rumors about this now. Now there are reports that multiple teams have interest in Jim Harbaugh. And for the first time this morning, it was reported he has made it very clear he wants to return to the NFL. And if he delivers the title tonight, I don't know if you can really blame him. Everything he's accomplished from playing in this national championship today, winning the Rose Bowl, even going back to his playing career, third in the Heisman voting one year, finished AP number two for Michigan in 1985 in the Ring of Honor for Indianapolis. He's accomplished a lot of things. Back to back to back, Big Ten champion as a coach, first ever Big Ten coach to do so. Do you really blame him for wanting the one thing, if he wins tonight, the one thing he never got in his coaching career, which is a Lombardi trophy. I don't know how you could be upset with him wanting to leave, which gets me back to the point. That seems to be where this is going. Jordan Schultz is reporting whether or not they win or lose tonight. Raiders, commanders, chargers, all interested in him. And he has interest back. Now let's focus on each of these teams for just a second. And I promise you, we'll get to the lions. We'll get to Michigan versus Washington tonight. But I think it it would be a disservice to not touch on this Harbaugh stuff. He's the one that started this 10 years ago, and he's the one that got Michigan back to the promised land exactly how he promised he would do when he got hired as the 20th coach in Michigan history. Now all that might be, the, the future's unknown, essentially. No one knows what the future looks like for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines right now. But what we do know is they have a chance to do something they haven't done in 27 years. They have a chance tonight to provide us a championship, the first one in major Detroit sports since the 2008 Red Wings. If you count men's basketball, college uh, college men's basketball, college football, and the four pro sports, it's the first one. Tigers came close. Michigan came close a couple times in basketball. Michigan State even snuck into the playoffs. But nobody's done this. Don't let anyone tell you this is not one of the biggest games on TV in the last... I don't know, 20 years, 30 years. This is special tonight, but back to the NFL point, the Raiders. I mean, Mark Davis is the, the evil empire owner. I know they have the whole Antonio Pierce thing. They want to bring him back. All the players like him, but if Jim Harbaugh becomes available, I mean, come on. Antonio Pierce was coaching high school like three years ago. 
Jim Harbaugh, first ever NFL coaching job, quarterback coach for the Raiders. He was there in 2002 and 03. And let's just be honest. Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, they have embraced this role as the supervillain. They love it. And that's exactly the brand that the Raiders have always been in the NFL. Always. They're the bad guys. Jim Harbaugh would fit there perfectly. And the fact that they have the 13th overall pick is enticing. Because if they win this national title and Jim Harbaugh decides to go to the NFL, guess who is probably going to the draft? J.J. McCarthy. And if that 13th pick, he's there. Don't count out the fact that they could reunite in the NFL. Chargers job, very similar. Except they have a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have a great offensive line. Playing out in L.A., used to be in San Diego. Jim Harbaugh's got a lot of ties out there, guys. Jim Harbaugh's got a lot of ties. He was the quarterback coach there as well. 1999-2000. San Diego University, head coach there. Back-to-back Pioneer League champions. He's got California connections. He knows people there. And it'd probably be the best job when you look at the talent on that team. You look at the quarterback. The situation. At least you've got a fighting chance. Washington, Commanders, eh. I don't, I don't know how much I really believe that one or why he would have. It's not that I don't believe it. It's more so, what incentive is there to go to the Commanders outside? Well, we have a lot of cap space. Well, that's, that's great until you, you actually have to spend that cap space to show that you can put together a real team. They don't have a coach. They don't have a GM right now. Which brings you to Atlanta, who wasn't on Jordan Schultz's list uh, of teams pursuing Jim Harbaugh. But it's interesting. They fire Arthur Smith this morning or last night. But they have this really unique offense. And let's not forget Jim Harbaugh, an offensive-minded coach. They have the sixth-graded offensive line according to PFF. They have Kyle Pitts, who's been completely misused and mismanaged for the first three years of his career. He's 6'6". Drake London, 6'4". Bijan Robinson, 5'11". This team is huge. This team has weapons and underperformed so much this year that their coach got fired immediately after the season ended. They have the eighth overall pick. And again, that brings you back to, well, if J.J. McCarthy's on the board, he could walk into an offense that could be very functional, very fast in the NFL. One of the most underperforming teams of the season. Jim Harbaugh, he's the one that started this thing, guys. He's embraced his role as the villain. He finally got over that hump. For a long time, it was, well, can Jim Harbaugh bring Michigan back to the national stage? And for a long time, it was no. The answer was simply no. And three years ago, or two years ago, however you want to look at it, gets back into the playoffs, and he gets put in his place by Georgia. Don't forget, after 2020, after that COVID season, a lot of the Michigan fans wanted him gone. That was close to happening, closer than people look back upon. One more losing season, Jim Harbaugh doesn't make the playoffs in 2021. Who knows if he's the coach right now? But he did. He did make the playoffs that year. Won three straight Big Ten championships after that. Completely changed his team. Started beating Ohio State. Got great coordinators in the building. And now he's brought them to this. He's built a Midwestern empire. And tonight, for the national championship, they get to compete against another great program in Washington. And who knows after that? It's not about after that tonight, though. It is about tonight. The national championship will continue the preview. Uh, please, please 
Text in 989-837-6125. I want to hear your predictions on this game, whether you think Michigan's going to win, Washington's going to win. Give us a score in there. One more time, that's 989-837-6125. Let's rock and roll for the next 50 minutes into the into the game. We got the coaches show afterwards. Then we're going to have some fun. All right, you're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. It's my understanding that Harbaugh has made it very clear internally that he wants to leave college and go back to the NFL, where obviously he's already had a tremendous amount of success. There you had it. That's that's the Jordan Schultz report from this morning. A lot of teams interested in Jim Harbaugh with head coach vacancies. Uh, Jim Harbaugh absolutely interested in going back. It's changed a lot in the last 24 hours. I'll throw the text line out. 989-837-6125. Go ahead and text in whether or not, whether or not you think Jim Harbaugh is going to be the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines next year. If not, we can keep this thing rolling and start to preview this game a little bit. But I did want to throw out uh, the Raiders one more time as that head coach job is open. I know everyone likes Antonio Pierce. All the players want him hired. Let's just be honest with ourselves. If if Jim Harbaugh wanted to be the Raiders coach, they'd hire him as the Raiders coach. He is the supervillain. They've got a good O-line. They've got a great wide receiver one in Devontae Adams. They've got that 13th overall pick. Don't rule out J.J. McCarthy going there. And our producer, Ben Clevenger, just made a great point. Tom Brady has partial ownership of that team. The Michigan quarterback trifecta, J.J. McCarthy, Tom Brady, Jim Harbaugh. All three have won Rose Bowls for the Michigan Wolverines, by the way, who tonight obviously are playing for a national title game. And everyone wants to talk about the key matchups in this one. And the first thing you go to, obviously, is the Michigan defense, specifically the pass defense, the ability to get to the quarterback, the ability to take away the passing attack versus this Washington passing attack, which comes into today the top passing attack in all of college football. I'm not breaking news there. They average 350 total passing yards per game. First in all of college football, 133 teams. On the other side, Michigan, number two in the entire country at pass defense. It's the first thing you obviously go to when you're talking about this matchup. Can Michigan slow down Michael Penix, Heisman runner-up, and this trio of NFL wide receivers that Washington has? The parallels between Washington and Ohio State of a few years ago are uncanny. Really. You have C.J. Stroud, who maybe didn't have the college career Michael Penix has had, but man, oh man, C.J. Stroud could sling the rock. He could move around. He was one of those dudes in college. Let's not forget. And in 2021, he's throwing the ball to Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. He's got a whole plethora of all these NFL wide receivers. Marvin Harrison was still on that team. Like, the parallels between Washington and Ohio State are very similar. And it, it makes you feel a little bit comfortable, a little bit more comfortable about Michigan rolling into this one. Because while... The Washington offense all season long has essentially been unstoppable. Michigan's been the team that you really can't do anything on. Not only do they slow teams down, they shut teams down. And do I expect Michigan to go completely take away Michael Penix and the Washington wide receivers? No. 
Michigan allows 9.5 points a game. Yep, that's <laughs> to say that they're going to hold Washington below that is would be ridiculous. That's that's not the style of game that is going to be played. There's going to be more points than that when you look at this. But if you if you're trying to figure out, okay, can this Michigan defense, this strength on strength matchup between the Michigan defense and the Washington passing attack, well, who's going to come out on top? This is this is gold versus diamond. This is this is strength on strength. Here's the thing that I keep going back to that makes me feel a little bit better if you're a Michigan fan. If you go to the PFF grades, which aren't everything in the entire world, but they take into consideration how, how well you are playing, not just the numbers. There's, there's a lot more than that. If you look at the pressures, the pressure grades specifically, Michigan's defense heads into the national championship fourth. They have the fourth highest pressure grade in the entire country. Now you think to yourself, well, yeah, that was on display last week versus Alabama when they sacked Jalen Milrow six times. Six times they got to Jalen Milrow, and granted, that Alabama offensive line, while big, not the pass-protecting unit that Washington has. Washington's offensive line just won the Joe Moore Award, something Michigan had done the past two seasons for the best offensive line in the country. More so for their ability to protect Penix than anything. He only took 11 sacks this year. So ridiculous numbers. And it's not just Michael Penix being able to sit in the pocket, have all the time in the world. Texas got to him a couple times last week, and he just dodges those guys like it's nothing. It's an NFL quarterback right there. He was pressured 16 times, zero sacks last week versus Texas. His ability to scramble, not even scramble around, just navigate the pocket and let the ball rip out of his left hand does it better than anyone in college football, including Caleb Williams, including J.J. McCarthy. And for as great as J.J. McCarthy is, let's just be honest. Washington probably has the best player in this game. And when you have the best player in the game, you are always alive and in it. Now it gets back to the point. Can Michigan get after Penix? Michigan doesn't blitz a whole lot. It's a lot of disguise stuff. It's coming in when you least expect it. Last week was more so the exception when they were really getting after Milrow. But Milrow doesn't really have the ability to navigate the pocket and avoid the sacks the way that Penix does. While Milrow can get downfield and is more of a threat in open space, Penix's ability to navigate that pocket is next level. It's one of the reasons he's going to be playing on Sundays. But here's the problem if you're Washington. Michigan also has the number one PFF grade in terms of coverage. Will Johnson, while he is not draft eligible, will be a first-round pick next year. One of the best lockdown man-to-man or zone cornerbacks in the entire country. Now, if you have one of those things, you think to yourself, well, you match up pretty well against Washington, this passing attack that just goes bonkers every single Saturday, or Monday for that matter, All these big plays that Washington can make at any given moment in time. Michigan has been exceptional all season long at taking that away. And and you can make the comparison, well, who'd you play in the Big Ten? That's fine. That's fine because when Michigan played Ohio State, they only allowed three plays for the Buckeyes in which they went more than 20 yards. Only three times did Ohio State have a play where they went 20 and beyond. Washington averages six of those a game. 
one of the highest numbers in all of NCAA. But it gets you back to the pressures and coverage. Michigan is elite at both of those things. Michigan can bring in an extra DB and take care of business in the backfield, not allow anything deep, while still applying pressure to the quarterback. That is the biggest reason where I'm thinking to myself, okay, not only does Michigan match up great with this secondary or or with these wide receivers with their secondary, but they're also going to be able to get to the quarterback if they can do both of those things successfully. Well, it's done. Game's over. Again, Washington, they're not going to be stopped. They're not going to be shut down. They're going to score, but one of the keys for Michigan that I'll get to later in the game, spoiler alert, you can't let Washington score on these quick strike, long shot type of plays. Can't let them go on these three play drives where boom, in one minute, they have a touchdown. It's not really what your formula is to win if you're Michigan. Michigan can probably control this game and win in a couple different ways. The one way they can't is if Washington is getting on the board Quickly. What you want to do is make Washington go on these long drives. Don't give them anything over the top. Don't allow any 70-yard touchdowns. Easier said than done against Michael Penix, who has one of the best deep balls in the entire country. Easier said than done. But if you, I don't want to say give, but if you kind of dare Penix in the Washington offense to slice and dice you down the field, to take what you get, throw it to the flats, force them to be patient because they haven't done that all year. That's not their brand of football. Their brand of football is once in a while, we are going to destroy you, nail you, shoot you in the face with a 50-yard bomb down the field. Don't allow that to happen. Force them to play at a different pace than they're used to playing, and Michigan's going to be able to find success. doesn't necessarily matter how many points Washington scores. It more so matters, okay, How many times are we going to allow them to get that ball? How many opportunities is Michigan going to give Washington with the football? Because if you're only allowing them to score, if you're only allowing them nine, ten possessions in the game, they're going to have to score on a lot of those. Because let's not forget, Michigan's going to put up points. It's not like this is the highlighted mashup, the Michigan defense versus this Washington passing attack. It's not like Michigan's this lousy defense. It's a balance attack, one that puts up points. This is a Michigan defense or offense that has had no trouble running, passing the football. They do whatever they want. Number 12 in the country in points per game at 36. And I don't want to call Washington's unit a bad defense. That's not what they are. But they are not built up front to hang with this offensive line that Michigan has created. They are not built up front to, throughout the course of the game, stop the likes of Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, who, yes, is having a down year, but you never know what's going to happen in the national championship game. Crazier things have happened. Michigan's going to be able to put up points. I don't think that's a question. But can Michigan control the game? Can Michigan control the pace? Can Michigan capitalize on the mistakes they force Washington to make if they can force Washington to make any of those? Make Washington uncomfortable is step number one in that. And you do that by taking away the deep ball, forcing them to dink and dump down the field, and see if they're patient enough to do it. Because if you're Michigan, 
and you do that successfully, Washington at some point in that game is going to get greedy. They're going to get greedy and try to take a shot. That's when you have to capitalize on it. And the other thing, which should be just so obvious, don't shoot yourself in the foot like you did last week and almost try to lose the game. Special teams have to be cleaned up. And for the love of God, can we stop with the trick plays, Jim Harbaugh? Here's what I can guarantee you tonight. No matter what I say, Jim Harbaugh's going to run at least one trick play, and Alex Orgy, the backup quarterback, is going to get one look in each half. And if something, the stage, in my opinion, is just too big for that. There's too much on the line. He has this obsession with playing the backup quarterback one play a half in these big games. Don't get me wrong. It's worked out for J.J. McCarthy. He's comfortable in these moments now. But it also cost us a game against Michigan State a few years ago, if you remember. Too much at stake tonight. No BS. You were good enough to beat Bama without those trick plays. You were good enough to beat Bama by a lot more if you didn't fumble or muff two punts and miss two kicks. Don't get in your own way. This is too big of a game to do that. Obviously, that should go without saying. 989-837-6125. We'll work in the Lions a little bit. Sam Laporta. Got some injury update news on him. We'll get to you guys. Of course, leave your score predictions on the text line, 989-837-6125. Are you nervous at all? Are you excited? Who do you think is going to win this matchup? 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Yeah, Council. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to The Payoff. You know, I mean, look, I know Brad's got his eyes open. You know, he's he's constantly looking to see if, if there's somewhere uh, that'll help us. But look, Laporta's got an outside shot now. So we'll see. It's gonna We'll know a lot in 48 hours. We're going to know a lot. He's got an outside shot. I think Leaf's kind of in that boat, maybe a little bit farther away than Laporta. But it's, it's very much we're talking in days, not weeks, I think, here. Um, Brock is doing much better. J-Mo's doing much better. So... We're in a pretty good spot right now. How are you an NFL franchise and have like the worst quality mics? Every single time we play a Dan Campbell clip, it's just the worst quality audio I've heard, um, especially from an NFL organization. It's wild stuff. Um, but you heard it. Sam Laporta, he's not necessarily out of this week's game against the Rams, the playoff game. Listen, there was a lot of talk whether or not the Lions should have been playing their starters. That was the whole premise of the show on Friday. You heard that from a lot of other media outlets as well. It was a risk. Just like everything Dan Campbell does. It's kind of his identity if you haven't figured that one out. He takes risks. And to be honest, I don't even... It's hard to look at that. It's so easy in hindsight, looking back. It's so easy to say, well, you shouldn't have played your starters. Well, guess what? He did. Because you played at 1 o'clock, and when the game kicked off, you still had a chance at the two-seed. Not to mention, you want to eliminate the Vikings from the playoffs. You don't want to see them. You want to go 4-2 and in the division rather than 3-3. and And you want to close out your season on a high note. You don't want to go into the season next year 3-3 and in the division or go into the playoffs 0-2 in your last two, 3-4 and in your last seven. Go get a win. You're trying to go get a win. There's never a doubt about that. If you thought Dan Campbell was going to rest everyone, if you thought... Dan Campbell, you know, would have sat a bunch of people. You're kidding yourself. He's never going to openly just sit guys and throw the towel in on a game. 
And he shouldn't have. If this injury happened in the fourth quarter, late in the game, when the game was already secured, well, then we're having a different conversation. This game happened in the first half in a one-possession game. And I have news for everyone. Whether or not the starters were going to play, Sam Laporta was playing. There was only two healthy tight ends on the team. So Sam Laporta was playing whether or not Jared Goff was playing, whether or not Amon Ross St. Brown was playing. Sam Laporta was one of the guys you couldn't have really sat. Because with the Brock Wright injury, James Mitchell and Sam Laporta were the only tight ends on the team. So you can get mad at Dan Campbell. In in hindsight, you can look back and say he should have rested everyone. But here's the positive news. While it's, it's obviously not good that Sam Laporta got hurt, he's one of the most important players on this offense. And I think to say that the offense won't be affected by him potentially missing the game, that'd be lunatic talk. There's been games where he's been the most reliable target for Goff. There's been games where he's outperformed Amon Ross St. Brown. Many weeks, he has looked like the best tight end in the NFL. To say that that guy is replaceable, uh-uh, not happening. Even if it's Zach Ertz, which that's a whole nother conversation, whether or not the Lions are going to bring in Zach Ertz. It sounds like no. It sounds like the Lions probably going to elect to keep it with James Mitchell and Brock Wright, who hopefully can come back from an injury. He's missed the last three games, hasn't really been practicing, dealing with a groin strain. But you heard it first. Dan Campbell said he's doing a lot better. You can touch on the Zach Ertz thing. You can go make a call. The Lions uh, tight end coach, Steve Hyden, did work in Arizona with the Cardinals for 10 years from 2013 to 2022. Zach Ertz was there during that time. I'm sure he knows him well. But Zach Ertz is 33. Got released because he was dealing with a quad injury and was getting outperformed by a rookie. Now, would Zach Ertz be able to replace Laporta? No. But James Mitchell has two receptions this year, guys. And I like James Mitchell. Last year, I said the Lions shouldn't even draft a tight end because I thought, I want to see what James Mitchell is made of. He's a 6'4 guy. He's athletic. He's got athletic upside. I wanted to see what he's made of. Well, he's not Sam Laporta. He's not one of those dogs. He's two catches this year. I like him. Not great in the blocking game. Not really great at anything. But he's what the Lions have for now. Brock Wright coming back from an injury. Who knows? Who knows what that's going to look like on Sunday night versus the Rams when, my goodness, this could be the best week of all time for a lot of Michigan sports fans, or this could be the worst week ever. Oh, this could be a brutal six-day stretch. But we're not even, even going to jinx ourselves with that. Um, when the Lions face the Rams on Sunday night, there's a lot on the line. Goff versus McVay. Goff versus his former team, his former coach. Things didn't end well there. And that wasn't a secret. That was, it was kind of nasty publicly. Reminds you a lot of the, not that anyone cares about the NBA, but the way Westbrook and the Lakers kind of had a fallout last year, it was similar to that. It was very up in the air, very open to the public that Goff, that McVay did not like Goff. Goff got benched for John Wolford. Who the hell is John Wolford? I haven't heard of that guy since. And Goff got benched for him in a playoff game. That's how much McVay did not trust the guy. When he got traded to Detroit, none of us thought he was a franchise quarterback. We're ready to replace him immediately, especially as the games went on. 
He looked like his career might be done. He might be a backup soon. Might be floating around the league on a different team every year the way that Gardner Minshew or someone has. That's not the case. Jared Goff has an opportunity to go make things right. I don't care if he's a system quarterback. He runs that system damn well. There's not a lot of guys in the NFL that can run that system better than him. I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game. You look at the over-under, 52.5. It's the highest in wild-card weekend for a reason. The Lions have not been able to stop any great wide receivers this season, especially in the second half, when ironically the defense has been playing better. The Lions have taken away the run from everyone outside of the Vikings Week 18. Yet they have allowed everyone to just go crazy on them in the passing game. Just nuts. Justin Jefferson now averages like 136 yards against the Lions. Jordan Addison beat us on a bomb. CeeDee Lamb just did maniacal things to this team. DJ Moore, same thing. Even Chris Olave got his piece. Everyone that plays the Lions, every wide receiver one that gets to go against the secondary has a career day. And the Lions don't, uh, the Rams don't only have one wide receiver one. They've got two of them. And for that reason, it has nothing to do with the Stafford return. It has nothing to do with that storyline. But because of the wide receivers on this team and how they use them and this balanced attack, the Rams were (laughs) right behind the Niners in terms of teams I didn't want to see in the playoffs. I was ruined to play Green Bay and Dallas in the first two rounds. And now you might still get Dallas in the second round. But the Rams have won seven of their last eight. They are rolling into the playoffs hotter than any other team, shorter than Niners. They would have been at that top of that list. If you take the Niners out of it because they were the one seed, the Rams were the team I didn't want to see. That doesn't mean I think they're going to lose necessarily. They are three-point favorites for a reason. I think a lot of people are worried about the same thing I'm worried about, is these wide receivers. Is Matthew Stafford throwing for 400-plus yards against this secondary? They're still three-point favorites. Open is three-and-a-half-point favorites, and it probably stays at three. That feels like the right line. And it's not like like the Lions aren't going to be able to score here. Rams have like a 20th DVOA defense. Haven't really been able to stop the pass. Their special teams look like Michigan's special teams against Alabama. That's what the Rams special teams have looked like all year. We're 32nd in DVOA by a wide margin. It's a home game. This crowd's going to be rambunctious. The tickets on the, the Ford field, just ridiculous. Like $600 to get into the stadium. The next highest is like $300 for wild card weekend. People want to be in, in Ford field, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be rough. And it's going to be a blast. Uh, but there is this looming thing. That is, if, <laughs> if the Lions lose. It would be a little humiliating. With Matthew Stafford being the one to do it. I don't, I don't know why everyone's still so in love with this guy. He got his Super Bowl. He got his, his success. Let's go take him out of this thing. Let's go beat him. Let's go prove to ourselves we are beyond just one player. Because isn't that kind of the the ideology this team has had all year long? It's more than just one guy. It's the work they've put in. It's the grit. It's the culture. It's the day in, day out. This team has put in more work than any other team. 
That's what Dan Campbell has embraced. So to sit here and say, well, I'm scared of Stafford. No, this is, this is more than Stafford, man. This is more so on us. Stafford, he'll probably throw for 300 plus yards on the lines. I, I think you can, in pen, in Sharpie, write that down. But can the Lions keep up? Or, or can the Lions stay ahead is probably the better question. Because Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, while those guys are great at making scripts and following those scripts, what they're not good at is playing from behind. A lot of stats show that. A lot of evidence behind that to back it up. The Rams are a much better team while playing ahead. They can continue to use Kyron Williams. They can continue to pass the ball. But if they're trailing, if the Lions are able to get a lead early in that game, well, then they're going to have to switch things up. That's one of the biggest keys. Ironically, it's probably one of the biggest keys for Michigan tonight too. Get a lead, force Washington to feel the urgency, feel the need to score fast, and then take away the deep bombs. Make Washington get greedy. Because if they get greedy, they're going to make mistakes. Whether or not Washington's patient enough to dink and dunk down the field is to be determined. They haven't had to do it all season long. Michigan, one of the only defenses in the, in the country that probably has the capabilities to do that. You got to make Washington play a different game. Is Michigan going to go dominate? Is Michigan going to go completely shut down Washington? No, that's not how this game is going to go. Washington is going to score touchdowns. But can you hold those, some of those touchdowns into field goal attempts? Between the, ton, the 20s, Washington's, it's too much space, too much talent, too great of a quarterback. But when they get into the red zone, can you hold them the field goals? Take away the deep bomb, force them to dink and dunk. Make them go on long drives. Make them kill the clock. It's one of my keys. I'll tell you the rest of them uh, next. We've also got a lock, uh, a prop pick play of the day. You're listening to the payoff. And don't forget, Obviously, 989-837-6125. Text in your score predictions, whether or not you think Michigan or Washington is going to come out on top and why. We'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line next. 989-837-6125. This is the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Let's say Happy New Year to everybody. It's a great way to start the new year. The payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Only about 45 minutes away from kickoff, allegedly. Scheduled for 7.30. Doubt it gets kicked off at 7.30. They're lying to us. Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily nervous. I'm excited, though. I'm very excited for this game. I, I think everyone should be. This is a bigger deal than e- even, even the, the biggest of deals you can think of. It's <laughs> the best way I can put it. Championships aren't easy to come by. Michigan basketball had two cracks at it in the last decade, maybe 11 years. Didn't get either. Tigers got a crack at it. Didn't get it. Just because you get here doesn't mean it's guaranteed. And it is hard to even get yourself in this position. This could be the first national championship in 27 years for the Michigan Wolverines. Do I think they're going to get it done? Well, how about I give you my keys to the game first, but first let's hit the Frick Sports Bar text line. Jimmy from Bay City chiming in. You guys can chime in too. 989-837-6125. 
Statistically, Michigan doesn't need to slow down Washington in terms of numbers. Just limit the possessions by playing the same football they have been all season and the results will follow. There's absolutely a path where Penix has a great night with numbers, but Michigan wins by a few scores. Maybe it seems simple because it is. 31-17 Michigan, go blue, Jimmy from Bay City. One hundred. I'm with you on the, the game plan. You got to limit the amount of possessions for Washington. Because if you limit the number of possessions for Washington, if Washington has 15 drives and Michigan gets a huge third down sack on two of them, that's not as impactful if, if Washington has 10 drives and Michigan has a third down sack on two of them or turnovers for that matter. If you have one turnover in 15 drives, okay. If you have one turnover in the 10 drives that Washington has, that's a lot more impactful. It's less about the time of possession. Really, in, in my mind, yeah, you want to you win time of possession. But if, if it's really close and the actual possession numbers are down, you won. Because if you make Washington also go on long drives, I think they're bound to make a mistake at some point because that's not their style of football. It's not. Michigan has been described as a boa constrictor. They're going to get a hold of you. They're going to play their brand of football and they're going to squeeze the life out of you. You are not going to be able to keep up for four quarters. It's not like the Washington team that's quick strike, quick strike, quick strike, all of a sudden it's 21-0. No, what Michigan's going to do is we're going to go on these long six, seven-minute drives, and we're going to score on them almost every time. We're not going to run up 50 points, but you betcha we're going to score 35 or 30-plus, and you're going to have very few amount of opportunities to match that. And by the end of the game, the other team is almost always physically worn down because Michigan has bodies over and over again. They're rotating in guys who are fresh and can still dominate. Keep going on the Frick Sports Bar text line. JV from Queens. Huh, who could this be? Ben Clevenger, the producer today. Uh, Jimbo, Jimbo's last game as head coach. Washington's wide receivers too much, 35 to 31. Who could JV from Queens be, Ben Clevenger? Hmm. I don't know. Um, Jimbo, he already got he already got fired, JV. What are we talking about? Uh, I, I do believe that's John Vicari chiming in from New York with COVID right now. Get better, get better soon, John. We we miss you on the show. Um, but rest up, get back next week, and we'll see you then. Um, but of course he's picking against Michigan. There's there's no surprise there. He's been doing it all season long, and every single time he's done it, guess what? It hasn't worked out. Didn't didn't Blake Corum do an interview with who did he do it with? Um RG3. He went on RG3's podcast, and RG3 asked him, What are you gonna say to the haters now? The people who say that you shouldn't have a national title or that it should be an asterisk because you cheated. Well, what are you gonna say now? Is what what Blake Corum said. They didn't cheat versus Alabama. They didn't cheat versus Ohio State. And if they win this game, there's nothing you can say about it. There's nothing you can say about Connor Stallions being the reason that they won. Let's hang that one up and leave it in 2023, people. For a, from a guy who talked about it just as much as everyone every day on the show. I never want to talk about it again because it clearly means nothing. Let's get to the keys of the game. Um, first of all, like I've been saying throughout the last hour, you have to limit Washington's possessions. Washington has allowed 28 points or more in five of the last seven weeks. Michigan will be able to score. They will be able to put up points. I do believe Michigan's going to put up 30. Now, Washington wants to win this game in a shootout. 
what they have six one possession wins this year. They want to win in a shootout. They're comfortable winning in a shootout. If you're Michigan, you don't want that. You want it to be a low scoring game. You want it to be pressure on Michael Penix down seven with two minutes to go. Or you want the ball back in that type of situation. Make this low scoring. Make them grind it out because that's not the game they're used to. Um, all right, next one. I, I already mentioned it earlier. Please, for the love of God, no trick plays. I don't need to see a flea flicker. I don't need to see a double pass because if one of those costs you, Jim Harbaugh is going to be scrutinized for it. The pressure, there's too much. There's too much on the line in a game like this. It's one thing to do it against Michigan State. Put in J.J. McCarthy two years ago. He ends up fumbling, costs you the game. It's one thing to do it against Ohio State, even though you, you really shouldn't be doing it there either. But the national title game, there is way too much on the line for that kind of stuff. If you're good enough to beat Washington without the trick plays, then don't use them. I know you have them in the bag. I know they're on the play sheet. I know they're probably scheduled to be called at some point today because that's what Jim Harbaugh always does. He does it against like Maryland. does it against Rutgers. He runs these plays and it's like, dude, you're 11 point favorites in this. Tonight, you're four and a half point favorites. You don't need to run these trick plays unless you're losing and can't move the football. Trick plays are a sign of desperation for any other team. But for Jim Harbaugh, I, I don't know. He, it's like he's, he's bored. Like, I, know we, I know we can get five yards every single time we run the ball, but you know what? Let's just run a flea flicker right now, which gets me back to another point, which it kind of parlays into this. Please, no orgy. Oh, are you allowed to say that on the radio? Oh, what I meant to say is no Alex Orgy, the backup quarterback. I don't need to see him today. Every time Alex Orgy comes in, guess what? It's a QB run. Every time. Came in 13 times in the regular season. All 13 times. QB run. One time last week, handed off the ball. Guess what? Resulted in like zero yards. I don't need to see it. It's a waste of a play. Every time, and I, I promise you it's probably going to happen tonight. Because Jim Harbaugh has an addiction to putting in his backup quarterbacks in these games. I don't understand it. Actually, I take that back. I do understand it. I strongly disagree with it. It's unnecessary. It's a waste of a play. And you're taking your best weapon off the field when you do it. J.J. McCarthy is your best asset. He doesn't have to be used very often because you can dominate up front with Blake Corum. But every time J.J. McCarthy has been called upon, he has stepped up to the challenge. He has been there for Michigan. And that's one of the reasons I think he's playing on Sunday. Which kind of brings me to my next point. You have to have a balanced attack today. This isn't a game where I think you can do the, the Penn State trick. We're going to run the ball every single play in the second half. No, 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 no. I know it's easy to see that Washington has the 125th ranked defensive success rate versus the rush. 125. It's a real number. It's easy to look at that and think, oh, well, we should just run every play. They want you to do that. They're going to be prepared for that. This is a good coach. This is a good program. They're going to be ready for it. They're probably going to load up the box. If I was Washington, I would load up the box, try to take the run away as much as you possibly can and say, hey, JJ, you're going to have to beat us today. It's going to have to be you. And maybe he can do it just fine. But you can't, if you're Washington, you can't just sit here and let Michigan run all over you. So I think that's going to be their game plan going into it. So you have to have a balanced attack if you're Michigan from the get-go. 
Have some play actions early. Have J.J. McCarthy rolling out. He's only your best offensive weapon. Some of the stuff J.J. McCarthy did last week, huh? how many college quarterbacks can do some of that stuff? On the run, his ability to throw is just up there with everybody else, if not better. His ability to get downhill. They didn't use that at all in the regular season. They pulled that out in the semifinal game. The QB powers, love it. Keep him on the field. Use him. Keep Washington on their toes. You don't have to run the ball nine times in a row here. Keep it mixed up. Don't let them stack the bucks. Take a couple shots. And then you can get back to the run because you're keeping them honest. Make Washington settle for field goals. Goes back to the long drives thing. Make Washington march down the field methodically. It's not their brand of football. It's not their style. If you make them do it for the whole game, at some point they will make a mistake and get greedy, take a shot down the field, and you have to be there to capitalize on it. Capitalize on your mistakes. And please, don't make your own. No more muffed punts. I think that's probably more the anomaly, right? Last week, the two muffed punts, two missed kicks. Probably you didn't play for a whole month, essentially. Get the jitterbugs out of you last week. Because that kind of stuff can't happen today. Washington is too good of a team. The national championship is too good of a stage, too high of a stage for you to be able to make those type of mistakes and still win. Washington will capitalize on that. Michael Penix is too good to give him extra opportunities. So don't allow it. There you have it. You see how Blake Corum walked into the stadium today? Cowboy hat, rodeo boots. He's ready to roll. And then Michael Penix, on the other hand, comes in today If you saw what David Njoku looked like walking into the stadium the week after he had those third degree or whatever degree burns on his face, that's what it looked like. He covered up his entire face with one of the, what are they called? The what? They're called, come in here, Ben. The shysties. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, He basically is wearing one of the blue ski masks. It's black, but he's wearing one of the blue ski masks that CJ Garner Johnson used to wear. And he was wearing them in warmups as far as I saw. So we'll see. This is, this is going to be one special night to say the least. Lot on the line here. What does the future look like for Michigan? That's a tomorrow problem. Today, the only problem is Washington. One of these teams is going to finish the season undefeated. One of these teams is going to hold a national championship trophy over their head. The other team... So much is changing in college football next year. Both teams could potentially be losing their quarterback. The odds that you get back to this, slim to none. It's going to be tough, especially if these reports about Jim Harbaugh are true. So with that being said, I hope everyone has a fantastic night watching this game. I hope everyone cherishes this moment to watch potentially maybe your team in the national championship because these kind of opportunities aren't just floating around. This isn't Boston. This isn't freaking Patriots and Celtics. No. It's the Michigan Wolverines fighting for a national championship for the first time in 27 years. With that being said, hope everyone enjoys the game. Have a good night. That was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it. Go Blue!